This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Welcome back to another episode of the Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. Now, it's hard to believe that this is the last week of 2021. With it being the holidays, we thought we'd just bring you a short episode about something we're really looking forward to in 2022, and that is the NABC-USHBC Spring Meetings in Tampa, Florida. Joining me is NABC chair and co-owner of Island Grove Ag Products. We featured Ken way back now on episode eight of this show, and I'm really glad to have him here in person in our fairly newly renovated studios for the podcast, and not often that we have a guest in the studio for <laughs> global pandemic reasons. But Ken, welcome back to the business of blueberries. Well, thanks, Casey. I'm, I'm happy to be here in California, just seeing uh, how the business of blueberries works on this side of the world. Well, it's fun because we've talked about having more growers come visit us here in the office. And certainly in your leadership role, it's nice to have you here today with the team, kind of seeing how the day-to-day works in you know headquarters, Blueberry, our Blueberry office here in Folsom, California. Uh, but you are also helping us kind of, again, break in our podcast studio, which you know pre-pandemic, we were anticipating having more visits from people in our office. So It's great to have you here, not only because it's been a pleasure to have you meeting with all of our team members here in the office and kind of seeing the the way things work. Great to have you in the studio and helping us with the podcast today. Yeah, well, I'm glad to be an inaugural uh, guest here post-pandemic, so it's a pleasure to be with you. For those of you who are listening that may not be familiar with your background, Ken, maybe you could walk us through some of your experiences in the blueberry industry. Well, I got into the blueberry industry in late 1984 and uh, been part of it ever since. I've seen a lot of changes, especially in the Florida market, is where I've raised blueberries for 37 years now, and I've experienced a lot of the changes in the blueberry industry and the popularity and the health benefits of blueberries. So I was excited to be a part of it and observe the progression that it's made. Yeah. And it sure has grown a lot. I know, you know, we had a chance to, as a team, sit down and kind of discuss your background in this business and kind of the growth, the wave, the blue wave that everybody talks about that went on. Maybe you could talk a little bit about what that experience was like with the years you've been working in the business. Well, everything has changed from the cold chain in the beginning, everything, you know, the the automation in, in packing, There's been so many changes, it's astounding where it was 25 years ago versus now. I mean, it's just an awesome change, and and all of it was very necessary to get out to the public all the the sheer volume that it takes to satisfy the demand now. Well, and I know in your case, you've got two farms in different locations in Florida, right? You've got the farm in northern Florida, and then 
when the fruit comes on in Florida as being the kind of the kickoff of the domestic season, your farm is one of the first farms to start pulling fruit off. That's right. We're in southern Florida uh, in DeSoto County near the town of Arcadia. That's our southernmost farm. We have 200 acres there. And uh, typically we're producing fruit in February, sometimes even in January, depending on the the season, the winter. And so um, that's pretty exciting to break that ground. Well, and I know that some of people may be familiar with the role you've played in providing the crop report for NABC from Florida. You've been a long time, you know, kind of area rep and representing the crop there. And obviously, if you're kicking off the season, you're watching very carefully over the course of the Florida season, you know, how the production's coming on. Yeah, well, it's interesting to uh, understand and report the dynamics of the season. You know, we have a lot of cool fronts come through that period and rain events. So just to observe and report on how the crop comes off is interesting. Yeah, well, and we appreciate your leadership in that area. You know, maybe you could talk specifically about your leadership experience in the blueberry industry. You're currently the chair of the NABC, but maybe talk, you know, more generally about between the NABC and the USHBC, what got you started or how you got involved with these two organizations and, you know, the different leadership stints you've spent serving. Well, in the mid-90s, I was president of the Florida Blueberry Growers Association for four years, and I realized that I enjoyed trying to be a leader in this industry and helping where I can to promote and progress this business. So when the USHBC was newly formed in 2000, I didn't become a member then, but in 2003, I saw an opening and I, I ran for one of the offices and, and was appointed the Southeast Regional Representative for the USHBC. And from there on, I just stayed with the USHBC. What motivated you at that time to want to be on a board like that? Well, a couple of things. For one, I just wanted to be on the forefront of understanding where this industry was going to go and to help however I can to push it in that direction. And also, I'm a social animal, and I enjoy the friendship and and knowing and learning from other people in this industry just what it's all about. You know, we, all us farmers are in this deal together, and yeah. so we're competitors, but nobody ever feels like we're competitors. So there's a lot of uh, camaraderie. Yeah, very good. Well, and then, you know, from that experience serving on the USHBC, you eventually landed your way on the ladder of executive leadership on the NABC. So maybe talk about how you got engaged there. Well, I have became a member of NABC once I joined the USHBC, since they're sister groups and they're always together at the meetings. And so I became interested in that aspect of it because it's a different role than the USHBC. And so I was interested in trying to help where I can there also. Well, you certainly have. And for those who are familiar with our governmental affairs, public policy positions, you know, it was your leadership years ago now that kind of kick off a formalization of our policy positions, getting that established, and then eventually Washington, D.C. in 2020, and then a virtual fly-in. And so uh, working now with Pat as chair of the uh, Governmental Affairs Committee on NABC. Yeah, well, and I enjoyed all of that. It was a learning experience for me, as well as uh, helping promote and expose the blueberry industry to 
the governmental body up there and, and, and getting support where it was needed. Yeah. Well, and it's been fun over the last at least two years, kind of re-energizing the theme around July as National Blueberry Month. You know, that the kind of the dormancy of that message has kind of awakened under your leadership and really working with members of Congress and senators and pushing that uh, message there in Washington, D.C. to support blueberry growers really under your leadership. Yeah, I enjoy, again, the camaraderie, and, and it wasn't just me out there. Everybody was pushing in the same direction. We had a great team that made a lot of visits in a short period of time to get the word out. Okay, well, Ken, we're going to take a quick break right here for our marketing boost. As you know, we'll be right back to this conversation in a moment. But for now, here's USHBC NABC Vice President of Marketing Communications, Jennifer Sparks. Thanks, Casey. So picture this. I'm doing my regular shopping at my local Wegmans supermarket. And of course, I head to the berry display because, well, I'm a true blueberry consumer. What catches my eye right away? The bright blue Grab a Boosta Blue logo, which was featured on the enclosure tape on the 18-ounce organic blueberry packs from Sunbell, a result of a partnership with Sunoco, a Grab a Boosta Blue licensee. Since its early 2021 launch of Grab a Boosta Blue, USHBC has centered our promotional programming around the motivating call to action. We've worked with many in our industry to use it in their marketing as a rallying cry for consumers to buy more blueberries. And now it is hit directly at the point of sale. And let me tell you, seeing it on packaging in the retail space had the exact impact we've been hoping for since we launched the branding. It made those packages grab my attention and stand out among the other fruit and blueberries on display. And that's what we want. We applaud both Sunbells and Sunoco's progressive efforts to be industry champions in this collective initiative to encourage consumers to grab a boost of blue right at the point of sale. And it is our hope that more in the industry will follow suit. More than 50 forward-thinking industry stakeholders are already licensed to use the Grab a Boost of Blue logo in their marketing efforts, and the list is growing. If you are not yet licensed, it's free and easy. Just go to ushbc.org license to sign the agreement and download the digital tools and brand style guide. Let's get Grab a Boost of Blue on more packaging. Collectively, we can make a difference and get more people reaching for blueberries on their next shopping trip. For the industry and your company, it's a win-win. This has been your Marketing Boost. Thank you for your partnership, as together we inspire the world to grab a boost of blue. Casey, back to you. Thanks, Jenny. Now let's go back to our conversation with Ken. Let's talk a little bit about the next time we're going to get together. We do meetings in the spring and the fall, but we've got the spring meetings coming up, and it happens to be in your backyard there in Tampa, Florida. So maybe you could talk a little bit about what are you most looking forward to in hosting our spring meetings in Tampa? Yeah, I'm excited that it'll be our first gathering post-referendum where we uh, really hit it big. We had more support than we even expected to get from the industry, which was very enlightening. And so I'm looking forward to just seeing everybody there and just learning more about Florida blueberries and teaching everybody what we're doing down there. I know, having been to Tampa one time with you, actually, that it's going to be a perfect place to host an industry-wide event. But I believe there's going to be a, also a fishing tournament. You may want to talk a little bit about the uh, Ken Patterson Hall of Fame fishing tournament that's planned to be hosted after our meetings there. 
Right. Well, yes, we're going to have a fishing tournament. I'm probably more excited about that, being, <laughs> being such an avid fisherman. I'll do anything to go fishing. But I am hosting this tournament with a longtime friend that is also in a Hall of Fame, but not in the Blueberry Hall of Fame, but in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, there we go. Wade Boggs. Oh, man. Yeah, one of the greatest hitters of all time. All time. And a personal hunting and fishing buddy for many years. And he's agreed to come on board and be the celebrity host of this of this We're going to have uh, a tournament. celebrity host at the Blueberry Fishing Tournament. That's right. Oh, and that's so we're going to go out and do some inshore fishing for trout, redfish, and snook. That's going to be fun. I have to admit, for those listening, I have gone fishing inside the bay there at Tampa with Ken, and, and it is a lot of fun. We had a great time, and, you know, add Wade Boggs to the mix, and this is going to be an event that everybody's going to remember, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, we've had a lot of people sign up already. Everybody's anticipating this, and yeah. so there's going to be some nice prizes at the end for the winners, and uh, it's just going to be a, a hoot all day. Oh, it's going to be fun. And uh, it's going to be a nice kind of capstone to a week's worth of activity. To your point about, you know, post-referendum, there are, you know, obviously the business at hand of, of moving the pounds that we know the next season is going to bring in, in 2022. But most importantly, the opportunity for us to showcase some of the work that's going to be happening in, in the areas of food ingredient use, food service, food manufacturing, and retail. I think we we are really excited about the way the program's going. And so we're gonna we're gonna have our business meetings, we're gonna have our presentations, and then, you know, I think it's gonna be really fun for people to have a chance to jump on a boat with Ken and do something I know you love and be able to meet Wade Boggs and it's gonna be fun. Yeah, it it'll be a lot of fun. And and Wade's going to be at the hotel the night before, so everybody's get a chance to meet him, get your picture taken with him. Drink a beer with him if you like, and just have a lot of fun. Well, recognizing that we did an in-person event in, in Oregon earlier this fall, and, and we did it in the hybrid style, and we're going to continue to push. I know, you know you were a big proponent of ensuring that we do these in-person events. Why is it so important to you? You know, virtual arguably is a less expensive way of meeting, less expensive for organization, less expensive for people who have to attend. But maybe you could share from your perspective, you know, what makes these meetings, these in-person meetings so important for our industry? Well, for me personally, you just get to share experiences and, and exchange knowledge and ideas and, and you develop relationships. And that's what this business is about. It's developing relationships and, and making friends and, and, and just being a part of the industry in that in that way. So there's there's nothing like shaking somebody's hand, looking them in the eye, and talking about blueberries. Yeah. No, I I, I saw that when we were just in uh, Salem here recently, and you can just see the difference it makes to be in person. But for someone that may be on the fence, what would be your encouragement for them to attend in person in Tampa? Well, besides just going fishing and having a lot of fun, I would say that just for all the reasons I've stated, there will be a lot of vendors there that you can exchange ideas and, and see what they've got to offer you. And you'll learn a lot more by not only being at the meetings in person, but actually being able to talk to other individuals that are in this business. 
Yeah, I, I think the part that I look forward to is kind of seeing that family dynamic show up and then the kind of uniting factor that these in-person meetings are. There's a lot of regional ones. I just got back recently from a, a trip up to Washington for the small fruit conference there. But it's only a piece of what we know is the fabric of this industry. The Tampa event provides a real connection point to how broad, how dynamic, how many people are really engaged and involved. And so like you, I think it's the one place that the industry can go and find that cross-section of all those people who are really involved in what's happening. Well, that's right. And I would encourage all of the people from Florida that are in the industry that are listening to this today to uh, put it down on their calendar to come over and see in person exactly what the USHBC is all about and what programs we're implementing now and all the good work that we're doing that you'll be able to observe at these meetings. Yeah. Well, and I think there are things that you can take away from these meetings that are really practical. You know, we certainly have a new industry vice president of engagement and education. And I know uh, that's going to be an important touch point for people to get to know Amanda and really understand what opportunities there are to plug into our program and get engaged with our program. But I just think that there are going to be, you know, promotion ideas, things that we're doing, whether you're a UPIC farm or you're somebody that's in the business, you know, we've got this big data program going online now that there's something for everybody who wants to learn a little bit more about what we offer as benefit to the industry uh, that Tampa is going to be really timely for. Yeah, well, I would agree. And there's just so many growers out there that really have no conception of what we're doing here at the council and the hard work that a lot of dedicated individuals are putting forward to make this industry better. And it's a great way just to learn exactly what's going on and, and just meeting people that you never would meet in this industry any other way. Absolutely. And I, I think you had the chance today to connect with Leslie. She was in the office uh, because you were in the office, so she wanted to be able to sneak over here and visit with you. But a good example of somebody that people can meet, you know, I know the health halo, you talked about that this morning in our team meeting, just about how important the work USHBC has done historically to position blueberries and the message of health and how valuable that's been to the entire industry, your business in particular. But, you know, I think that opportunity to meet Leslie and just kind of hear more about the work that she's going to be doing is afforded to those who attend an event like Tampa. Well, and you're right. And there's so many other people like that, that it's also going to be at the meeting. So they're going to get a chance to ask questions and, and be one-on-one -on -one with some of the people that are really experts in this industry then and learn all that they can and get some questions answered. Yeah. Well, it's not every day that we have you here in the office and certainly not every day that we get to record a podcast in our, our studio live, but I've really enjoyed sitting down and, and just kind of talking through the future forward for blueberries. But is there anything specifically that you want to make sure people know? Well, I think we're on the, the right track. Blueberries are very popular, but we've got a long way to go to get them in every household in the United States, and we're working hard at doing that because it's such a healthy superfood. And so um, I'm excited about the future for blueberries, and um, I know we're on our way up. Well, it's the holidays, and both Ken and I would like to extend the season greetings to all of you and your families. Yes. So... For everybody listening, Merry Christmas and 
have a happy new year and um, hope Santa brings you everything you want. (laughs) All right, Ken. Well, great to be with you today. Thank you for joining us. I enjoyed being here. Thank you very much. Well, that's it for episode 79. As we head into the new year, I hope you are all enjoying a wonderful and restful holiday season. We also want to wish you and yours the best ahead in 2022 and make sure you resolve to join us in Tampa on March 1st through the 3rd. To get notified when registration opens, get on the mailing list at blueberryevents.org forward slash spring 22. Again, that's blueberryevents.org forward slash spring 22. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries. Blueberries.